0: Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time for our weekly visit with the Hall of Famer John McClain from Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. Well, your boy Q's actually... Well, I don't want to make any accusations. Probably sipping on some piña coladas out in Hawaii. So I'm John Von Tobel. I'm filling in for him. The Johns have it, though. John McClain... Nice enough to give us some time today. John, we appreciate it. It's really good to talk to you. I'm a, I'm a big fan of written or read a lot of your written work and watch you, so it's cool to chop it up with here a little bit. And I wanted to start with a topic that was uh, a lot of people are speaking on, and I'm sure that you've been asked about. You got some time covering one, DeAndre Hopkins. I wanted to ask you overall, as we've kind of watched this play out, and we see comments now from a Dalvin Cook that he would love to team up with DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know how realistic that is. But has anything come from this alleged meeting that the Patriots were really high on Hopkins and they wanted to bring him in and actually not let him leave the building? Do you know any latest on what's the future holds for DeAndre Hopkins?
1: Yeah. Let me say first that it's such a pleasure to be on with you guys. True, true professionals for a change. Uh, That's That's a big deal for me to be (laughs) on with two pros instead of Q. Um, DeAndre's not. It's so funny. He he doesn't have any of the big teams after him. He doesn't. He wants money. He's gonna go where he gets the most money. But he's not gonna say that. He's gonna say he's going with a team that gave him the best opportunity and all that. It's interesting to me that before he hired his agent, before he was cut, when all the reports were that he was gonna be cut because they couldn't trade his contract is uh he listed four teams where he wanted to play, all Super Bowl contenders, all with great quarterbacks. Then he got his agent, and all of a sudden, anonymous stories. He wanted to go home to Houston because he loves C.J. Stroud. People fell for that, and I'm like, okay, he just do what he needs to do. If DeAndre was smart, he would go where they know him. That would be Uh, to Tennessee because he got along great with Mike Brabel and Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator. He and Bill O'Brien did not get along well. I was here. I covered him. Those two guys did not like each other. He was traded in the second-worst trade in Houston football history, and they couldn't wait to get rid of it. Terrible trade. But if he goes to the Patriots and has Bill O'Brien as his offensive coordinator and pay caller, it just shows that time and money can heal a, w- a lot of wounds, and some people are afraid that he's using the Patriots to get more out of the Titans, and it just doesn't make sense to me that he and Bill O'Brien would be reunited. When I read a lot of stories from New England, and I read a lot of national stories, they play that down. And maybe he'll go there, but if he goes there, they're going to have problems. And one, and I did see this address by Tom Curran from NBC Boston, his covered team forever. His hop has a penchant for not practicing. He doesn't like to practice. He has these ailments that keep him out. But when he was in Houston, he always answered the bell on Sunday. Only missed two games. And now he's missed 15 last two years. There's three separate injuries in his suspension. But I'll say this. He just turned 31. His game was never about speed. That's why he was drafted 28. He ran like four sixes. His game is about getting off the line of scrimmage, running routes, being strong, fighting for the ball, out-muscling DBs for the ball, having strong hands, making acrobatic catches. He can still do that. But uh, I've been told he wants $10 million a year. And, of course, to get more, he would. And it's easy for us to say, well, he ought to go for the championship. He ought to call Andy Reid and say, Coach, just tell me what you'll give me. And But, everybody, it's always about the money. I hope it works out great with him. Having him on Bill O'Brien together again would be great for the talk shows up there. But I think you ought to go to Tennessee and play with Mike Brabel and Tim Kelly. Wouldn't be mad at that. No?
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Titans fan, so I mean, oh, I wouldn't be. John knows that. John yeah. knows how to get me going. I learned so much about you every day. <laughs> John, I've got to ask you, and thank you for the shout out of working with two professionals. That's exactly what me and JVT are. But I've got to ask you, when it comes to the running back position, JVT did mention Dalvin Cook in that last question. What do you think his market would be? Because you said, oh, it's easy for us to say, hey, DeAndre Hopkins, he should just take the $10 million. Seems like a lot of running backs should, would be begging for $10 million with the market that it's looking like for them. Right now, DeAndre Hopkins
1: is begging for the $10 million. This is the worst time in the world to be cut. Free agency the teams have solved needs. They've paid a lot of money. Draft teams solved needs. This is why I never, ever forget players getting every penny they can get because they can be cut any time. And so I hope every player gets every dollar that he can get. And, boy, I tell you, Cook and I great players who just got cut at the wrong time and he's talking about playing with Hopkins. There's no way teams are going to sign both of those guys because neither one of them is going to take the minimum. You know, they're both going to milk as much as they can. It seems like such a natural that he would go to Cook, would go to Miami. But, you know, it depends on what Miami's offered. If somebody else ultimately gives him a better deal, he's going there. You know, running back, I'm Cook. I want to go somewhere where they do have another back and I'm not going to take a beating for a year or two and my career is over. If you're a running back, it's almost like you have to take what teams are offering. You're not dealing from a position of strength. You know, you're better off not being a first-round pick. You know, so you can renegotiate after three years, get an extension, and you might get more money than if you were a first-rounder who had the bulk of the carries and caught a lot of balls, and then they can franchise you two years, maybe three years, and then your career's over.
2: Again, we're talking to John McClain from Sports Radio, Sports Radio 610 down in Houston. John, I've got to ask you, I know you saw the article too from Pro Football Focus where they named five coaches that are on the hot seat coming into this season. One coach was Josh McDaniels, but who do you think is really on the hot seat coming into this season as a head coach?
1: Well, first of all, I wouldn't think that Josh McDaniels on a hot seat based on when he got there, based on Ziegler is his general manager, and they were together for years. And I don't think Martin Davis, after making the moves that he made with uh, Masada, who might might have been better with him, and the fact that uh, that uh, McDaniel is going uh, to have Jimmy Garoppolo, they hope. I don't see him being on a hot seat. Everybody's talking about Mike McCarthy. Jerry Jones doesn't fire coaches after two or three years. He doesn't. He stayed with Wade Phillips longer. Everybody thought he was going to be fired. He's Jason Carrick. He stayed with him. McCarthy's won two games, 12 games, two years in a row. I don't see him being on the hot seat. The media might. Brandon Staley is a guy. I thought he was going to be fired. And then uh, Sean Payton, who lives in L.A., would have hired him. And, of course, they kept Staley. He hired Kellen Moore and hoping that he can open up their offense. But if he doesn't, then I could see Staley gone. Todd Bowles in Tampa, Todd Bowles going to be gone, barring some remarkable record out there. He got the job because Bruce Arians waited a long time so he could get it. And uh, anybody anybody who's got a new GM and a new GM inherited the coach, that coach, he better win that first year or he's going to be history.
0: Todd Bowles is kind of set up for failure, isn't he? I mean, like that quarterback position is kind of a mess for him. They're a team that's projected to have one of the worst records in the NFL. Like, like you said, barring anything unforeseen, like it seems like he was just set up for failure this year.
1: It does, but it wasn't. It wasn't his fault. Right. You know, he was fired by the Jets. He had one really good season, had ten six record, got fired, and he's a great defensive coordinator. A couple of players that I know played with him said so they've never seen anybody do a better job. And calling blitzes and Todd balls. Todd might, if he's fired, he'll go back to being a defensive coordinator for somebody. But, uh, a lot of teams are set up to fail. I tell you guys, not on a hot seat, but you talk about a guy get, getting set up to fail in a different way. Not because he doesn't have talent, because he does. If the Jets don't make the playoffs, and I'm not saying they gotta win the division, and they're not gonna fire Robert Sala, but man, He's been given everything. There's so much pressure will be there from the fans and the media. You know, he has got to win with Aaron Rodgers.
2: Now that's a hot take right there. Robert Sala could be on the hot seat. Something I did want to ask you about, John, that's been in the news lately is the NFL with gambling. Do you think that maybe the NFL should relax the rules a little bit, or is it just up to the players
1: to not be stupid? Uh, How hard is it not to be stupid? It's pretty hard, John. I've been driving my whole life. I was going to say on my
0: end, yeah.
1: Cal, you you could ask Q about that, too. (laughs) Um, I think that it's ridiculous. The the rules are the rules. Everybody knows it. People, the teams, it's ingrained in them. But it's just like anything else. If you do two things, you think you're going to get away with it. You think, oh, there's a big cop. I'm not going to get caught. And then you get caught. It's like speeding. It's like anything else that we break the rules of the law. We think we're going to get away with it. Same thing with gambling, and I can't wait if it happens some star gets caught. Are they going to suspend the quarterback and change the fortunes of a team, a division, a conference? They better hope and pray that the star players don't get caught.
2: John, something that intrigued me, and I know you would have a good answer for this, Shohei El-Tani, you know he's – Basically, the best player on two sides of the field in baseball. Who do you think that NFL player could be or could have been? Because my pick's JJ Watt.
1: Oh. You mean playing uh, on two, All... two sides of the ball? Yeah,
2: two sides of the ball, offense and defense. Well, do you think JJ Watt? One
1: year played tight end and he caught I think five touchdown passes. What was amazing? Because Mike Vrabel did that yep. for the Patriots. And every time he's in the game, we're up in the press box, they're going to throw the Vrabel. Va- va- Boom, he's wide open touchdown. You're like, are oh, you guys have geranium brains down there? And it was the same with Watt. And then after an off season, everybody adjusted and he was never able to do it again. He was a great athlete, 6'6, 295. He would have had to probably get down, lose about 15 pounds, but he's very disciplined. Watt had great hands. It's much easier for a guy like Uh, Deion Sanders, who's, who could have played, been a great receiver, uh, because he had, he had great hands and he was fast. I think people in the past that would have been Deion, if it's somebody recently, I think Rod is a great choice just because he's such a tremendous athlete and would have worked at it really, really hard to prove that he could be a success.
0: John, I'll be uh, forthright with you. I am a SoCal guy. I'm an Angels fan. So I do like your Houston area guy. What's uh, what's the vibes around Houston when it comes to the Astros scuffling around a little bit, huh?
1: I wrote a column for my radio station's website, sportsradio610.com, ripping them a new one yesterday. On my regular talk show today, I came on, and the guys that I was on with started talking about them about the Astros were chasing the Rangers, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. They're not chasing the Rangers, and they got quiet." I said, they're chasing the Angels. The Angels are in front of them, not the Rangers. And then they got the Mariners two and a half behind them. The Astros have been awful. I understand they lost three starting pitchers. They've been without Altuve first two months, Alvarez is out for a few weeks. Michael Brantley's never played, but everybody's got injuries. This is the worst Astros' start for 72 games since 2016. It's the best Rangers start since 2016. That year was the last year the Astros did not make the playoffs and go to at least the American League Championship Series, and it was the last time the Rangers made the playoffs. And uh, I'll tell you a stat real good. The Rangers have, have scored at least 10 runs 17 times. Yep. The Astros have done it three times. And my the, the gist of my column was, yeah, injuries are, are excuses. What is the problem is the best players who are healthy are not doing their jobs.
0: Is there? I know you're in Houston. We'll get you out of here on this. Is there? Do you see any excitement for Texas and what they've done this year? I know there's bad news with the Gram and, and his future there, but I mean they're setting records. They're putting up numbers we haven't seen since 1930. Is there some sort of excitement about te- about uh, Texas that you can sense?
1: Uh, the Rangers, there is excitement in North Dallas. It's yeah. not like the Cowboys where they're popular all over Texas, including Houston. The Rangers are popular in the Metroplex. The Astros, the most popular team in Texas. Yeah. they have been here longer than the Rangers. But right now, people are, like, waiting for the Rangers to fall. They just lost four out of five, and the Astros couldn't win and gain ground on them. So their hitting has been tremendous. DeGrom started two zero. Now he's probably going to miss two years, and people are freaking out. He's having his Tommy John surgery younger than Verlander, mm-hmm. and Verlander came back stronger than ever after missing two seasons, one the Cy Young award. So if I'm DeGrom, I would have called Berlin and said, "Who did your surgery and rehab?" Because I need their number.
0: John, it's uh, great to talk to you. Like I said, big fan. I've uh, read your work and follow you along in your throughout your career. So good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much for the time today,
1: guys. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Does Q have to come back? Yeah, I don't know. I think you know. You know what, John? Here's a surprise.
2: I'll let you know ahead of time. It's me again next week with a different co-host.
0: How about that? Oh,
1: good. I look forward to it. Thanks a lot, guys.
0: <laughs> Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Yeah, like we were talking about uh, before we had on the air. Um, when I was a kid, I did like a lot of those, like uh, NFL top tens. You know, top ten wide receiver duos, top ten quarter. I watched uh, almost every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Was John unlike? I think every single one of them. Wasn't oh yeah, it? like every Always. single one. Damn, they got to bring those back. By the way, also speaking of that, the NFL does such a good job with those things. Do they still do? Do you watch it NFL Network at all? Yeah. Do they still do the um, America's game, like the documentary series? Oh, that's
2: a good question. I, right?
0: I think they still do. Those were awesome. Like watching those all the way through from like, you know, the first Green Bay Packers and on and watching the stories of those seasons. Those were brilliant. And then they start well, – I can't, I could talk about this forever. Yeah, big NFL Cause, well, network. You well, because when I was a kid, obviously the NFL like ruled all. And, you know, John sparked the memory in me watching all of those things because then they started doing the lost rings. I don't know if you remember those. But those were like the same it was the same concept as America's game, except they were like the dominant teams that ended up falling short. Mm-hmm. So you're you know, you're we're talking about like obviously the eighteen one Patriots that lost to yeah. the Super Bowl. Like
2: those the ninety nine
0: Vikings team was right. that. Right. Yeah. Yep, that was one of them. Right. Like those those were the good ones too. I like to watch people's sadness. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy, what a guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm a pro, as John said. I'm an absolute pro. Uh, all right, we'll take our break here. Uh, when we come back, we have plenty of other topics left to get to as well. And uh you know, we gotta get to not only some of the more positional stuff for the Las Vegas Raiders as there was some stuff around there, but I gotta pick the brain. It's his first time back on Raider Nation Radio for a while, and you were down among the masses at the parade out here in Las Vegas. I gotta pick your brain on this. This is Josh Jacobs was unbelievable last year. I read all these things about how he saw a bunch of seven-man fronts. Safeties were deep. Oh yeah? Let me tell you something. When the game is on the line, winning 19-16 late in the game, it's nice to have a guy that can break out and get his teammates juice it up off the bench. Like, pick a game.
2: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness.
0: Yeah, Brian Baldinger. Baldinger's awesome because mm-hmm. on Twitter, he puts up, like, it's it's such an old man thing. He records the screen that he's watching with his phone. Right, Like, Baldy, we can, we can give you some software. You can cut the clip. I'm sure the NFL is going to give you permission. And you can put it up in higher quality. But he's watching Josh Jacobs. He puts up these videos all the time. It's a great follow. Um, Josh Jacobs, of course, earlier today sending out the – I don't think it was about the Raiders.
2: I don't either. Bad, I mean, bad business. That can mean anything. I love when players do – excuse me. I love when players do do the subtweets so then it could be – hey, they could be talking about anything. Right. As when they come out and be like, oh, you guys
0: are just blowing everything out of proportion. That's my, that's my favorite thing. To bring it back to what we were talking about earlier, right? The media deserves respect. Don't lie to our face. Yes. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I was, I was at an Applebee's, man. They gave me cold. Remember Eric Glettson? What was that one? Remind give me, me that again. Get me out of here.
2: Oh, that's right. And then he's like, I was at the nail salon with that's my right. girl, guys. I wasn't talking about I wanted to be traded. So good. Get me out of here. Come on, guys. I was.
0: <laughs> just say it. Just say it. Just say it. That's such a good one. I totally forgot about that. For those who don't know, we're referencing Josh Jacobs. About like an hour before the show tweeted out just two words. Bad business. And it's – I don't know if it's bad business. This has been the push of this summer. Uh, Jim Trotter, who now writes for The Athletic, had a piece on this last, what last week mm-hmm. uh, about positional value and the fact that, look, like you don't see this in other sports for the most part. And in the NFL, the running back is a devalued position. And you can see story after story. And, look, some of these guys are actually stories – in and of themselves. Austin Eckler, right? Austin Eckler was not the top ten pick in an NFL draft. Yep. Right? And so it's, it's odd because these guys want their money, but the reason why they deserve their money, I want to very much emphasize that they deserve their money because they produced so much, but they're also, like, evidence against their own case. Because you could look at Austin, like Austin Eckler and be like, bro, like, you were undrafted. So why don't we just go look somewhere else yes. like it? you know what I mean like these success stories you go further down the line it's pretty rare when you see nowadays as we know these high end these high drafted right I mean look I'm a gambling guy right Almost every year now in the NFL draft which has become a massive thing the running back prop for the first round is always set at like a half because you, you really would have hit that over this year. Right. But still, like, that's the generally the thought is just like, look, man, like these guys, like, for the most part, unless these massive talents come out, like you're referencing, right, this year, and a B. John Robinson and others, it's not really worth the investment because we feel like we can find guys. And it's a it's an incredible conversation because the guys that are up to get paid this summer have been some of the most productive running backs of the last, what, four years, three years? Yeah,
2: the question that I have when it comes to the running back and the position being devalued when it comes to contracts, do you think it would help if there was no salary cap in the NFL? Because for me, it's just, it's all the guys, you know, everybody, you know, just tries to think alike when it comes to how they're going to manipulate the cap and get the best roster that they can. Everybody's doing it the same, and they see that, hey, like the safety position a little bit. And running back where, hey, we don't have to pay them this much. But if you didn't have to worry about cap gymnastics and you could just pay them whatever you think the actual market value is, this is one of my cases for me. It's just workers' rights, get rid of the salary cap. Why do we need a salary cap to protect these billionaires from you know spending – you know from bad business mm. and them blowing their money in maybe aspects that they shouldn't? So for me, like I hear this and I always want to go on the rant of this is the salary cap's fault. Maybe. But maybe it's
0: not as simple as that. I no. I th- I think it's not as simple as that. You also see that, like you know, Major League Baseball is a sport that doesn't have a hard cap, and you still have cheap owners that may or may not be coming to Las Vegas, right? That just don't want to pay overall. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, rich people will find a way not to spend money and put it in their own pockets. You <laughs> know what I mean? And it's a thing that is tied to production. Where if I can find a guy that's going to put up the the production that you are, then why do I feel the need to pay? Because in other worlds like for example the quad receiver wide receiver over the last i would say three years has really expanded in terms of positional value because we're seeing guys come in and change offenses with the way that they're playing i mean the two young guys that are at the face of this right now it's jamar chase it's justin jefferson like we're seeing a lot of these guys Aj brown is an immensely mm-hmm. talented wide receiver that you know got his money because philadelphia wanted to do it but you're also trying to see teams go you know what Let's see if we can find let's see if we can go to the cheap route and let's see if we can find a bunch of, you know, later drafted guys to fill our roster and we'll see if it works out. Green Bay Packers are a really good example, right? Notoriously not spending high draft picks on wide receivers. And they've unearthed some gems. They've unearthed some gems, <laughs> but it also
2: lost them their quarterback. Very maybe true. they were maybe they were ready to move on from them, yes, of course.
0: But my question is to you were talking about workers' rights, is do you fight the fight? Because I was I was reading Albert Brewer Albert Breer wrote a piece. And he was essentially saying, like, guys, you know, he's talking about Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. He, he threw um, Tony Pollard in there as well. Just take the money. Just take the money. And it's like, it's easy for Albert Breer, who, you know, has connections in the National Football League, and we can question whether or not Albert Breer, who's a really good NFL guy in terms of the media, I don't know, scratching the backs of some of his connections. They don't really like a guy that's so well-connected to the NFL going, hey, guys, in the most undervalued position, just take the money. Just take the money. But the question is just like, do you want to fight the fight? Does Josh Jacobs, do Saquon Barkley, do they want to fight this fight? Now that it is, it seems, at least to me, because we always do this right word, this is the most I've seen it ever in whatever topic we're talking about, but this does seem to be a summer demand where there is the most noise around this contract, or excuse me, this is conversation. Around running backs and what they deserve to get paid,
2: I do think because it's at a it's at tipping point where I feel like the backs that want to get paid, these guys are so good. I'm not saying that they're you know transcendent talents, but they're Saquon Barkley just on paper, the eyeball test, the casual fan can just say, oh that guy's good. Mm-hmm. That guy, well, there is no debate about. Hey, maybe if you look at some advanced numbers or anything like that, just people can can eyeball and say, no, that guy is he deserves what he's asking for. But the problem is. Do you do you take that franchise tag? Do you take that ten million dollars? I retweeted, you know, the bad business tweet, and someone replied to me. You know, obviously when they're replying to Josh Jacobs, but I'm the one who retweeted it. You know, so how Twitter works. Mm-hmm. So I get it too. <laughs> and it's um, ten million sounds like a good ten million sounds like good business to me. And it's one of those things where going back to Albert Breer, where it's not just about the ten million dollars because us as fans people who aren't going to get nowhere near 10 million dollars it's easy for us to say I'd take 10 million dollars right now
0: yeah
2: of and course I, we would and but that's not what it's about for these players because as Josh Jacobs I think he was the one that said you yeah, you know also when it comes to fighting the fight you're doing it for the players behind you as well
0: yeah and and that is a very important point and that's a very important point and part of Brewers thing here and I again like I don't think Brewers being like a shill for the National Football League But one of the things, the reality of the situation, this is from his piece, is that all the protesting in the world isn't going to change any of this. And history hasn't favored the back who's gambled on himself. So, yes, Saquon, Josh, and Tony, draw hard lines over the next month. Push your agent to keep pushing the team to make concessions and sweeten your deal. But don't do anything to jeopardize the money that you have worked so hard to earn. So another like what's the point of push I don't understand what the point of pushing yeah, is if so, you're just gonna sign on the dotted line. When by the way, the deadline is what, July seventeenth to sign a long term deal.
2: Then when he says, Hey, you know, push you know, push for your agents or you know, you know, take the money – well, that's why you are doing all this protesting. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah.
2: Who who's doing a little protesting to say ah, I just wanted to make a little noise? And, yeah, yeah. How sweet can the contract
0: get if they're not giving you more money? And that's and, and the risk you run is where you look around and you go, you know what, I am going to fight the fight, and then the guy behind you comes in and runs for over a thousand yards, and the offense, yes, looks fine.
2: But the thing also, too, also about the franchise tag, where you know it's the average of the top five salaries at that position. So, but so if the positional, you know, if the high at the at the position keeps going down and down and down. What's going to happen when that franchise tag is eventually looking like $7 million mm-hmm. or $8 million? Because running backs aren't getting paid that much, even at the high end. So then you'd be looking at a franchise tag because now it's easy to say, hey, $10 million, that's still a lot of money. I don't know. What if we're looking at a situation where after McCaffrey's deal is done, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, where those deals are done, and the top running back in the league is only making around $8 million because teams can say, hey, we can squeeze that out. Now you're looking at a
0: franchise tag of $7 million. Yep and and like the situation for a guy like Dalvin Cook is tough because I actually think Alexander Madison's a really good running back. So, I don't think there's going to be a drop off and especially in an offense like that that kind of raises the floor of your rusher. But I will say, I mean we were talking about this earlier where you have an offensive line for the Las Vegas Raiders, the average PFF grade for the interior of the line was under 60. That's not great. It, it overperformed last year. But it wasn't great in terms of how it graded out. Again, and I always stress for anybody listening out there who's about to get mad. I always just I I do cite PFF. It is one site's metrics. It's not the end all be all. It gives you maybe an idea, but just want to clarify that. But what I, the point I'm building overall is for a guy like Josh Jacobs, where the backfield right now you'd say Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah, the most experienced guys. You mentioned them, right? The fact that maybe the offensive line could take a step back. There's a chance that that offense, in terms of the ground game, does regress a little bit when you're not there. And so you sit back and you wait and you say, all right, come
2: on. on, I do want to get to a couple of texts. We got a couple of texts. You can be a part of the show at 69187, keyword R&R. And someone, they got me. This is from the 707. If there is no salary cap in the NFL – you would have teams like the A's. Now that's bad
0: business. Yes. and That's actually that's what I referenced exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a good yeah. good uh, that's a good call. We got you would another have teams like the A's.
2: From Big Dub Raider. Yes, guys, they still do America's game. I just watched the end of Doug Williams of the Ooh. Doug Williams one last night, go Raiders. Okay. I like it. And one more. For me, best-case scenario is we improve in red zone efficiency and double our turnovers on defense, win division, or almost win the division, and make playoffs. Worst-case scenario, we lose Garoppolo
0: early and win less than eight games. That's interesting. Best-case scenario is just getting into the playoffs, huh? Maybe winning the division, but getting into the playoffs.
2: I think that's a realistic fan right there. I love yep. that text because everyone could say, all 32 teams, they could have their, their radio show and, like, call guys in the market, call up, what's the best-case scenario? We win the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> all thirty two you know, all thirty two fan bases, you know, that is clearly the best of best case scenarios. But is that realistic for every team? That that I don't know. With this team, the defense would have to take a major lead because I mm. do think best case scenario, this could be a top ten offense, no problem. Best case scenario. But that defense is the best case scenario, I'm still looking up around average. Yep. And is that going to win you a Super Bowl? That that
0: I don't know. And going back to what we were talking about, because you brought up a great point, right, which is what Jacobs tweeted out, which is, hey, you're doing Mm -hmm. it for the guys behind you coming up. And the, the problem with stuff like this, it's always like when we talk about in the big picture for like the collective bargaining agreement, is the tough part that players like the NFL players face is you have to have a united front. And that's not as easy when you're talking about guys very much further down the totem pole who are like, um... I need to work, guys. Yes. Yeah. So it's great. You know, Patrick Mahomes, you're making $50 million. You can hold out. I can't. I've got to pay for a lot of different stuff and I got to take care of my family. And I bring that up because Tony Pollard did sign his franchise uh, tender at the very least. And Miles Simmons brought this up with Cofield, which is like, you, you can, Steve Cofield, uh, host on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, which is, you can say fight the fight, but one of the guys that's in the rankings <laughs> yes. already kind of, he already kind of, yeah, crossed the line. Yeah. He, like, he already went. So, like, you can say, "Hey, Josh Jacobs, you're taking up the battle," but it's almost to Breer's point. You're kind of fighting a losing battle, especially when the guys that you're supposed to be united with are already kind of crossing the line and saying, "Oh, I'll just I'll sign the tender. I'm fine." Can't do it.
2: But it's all like you said, like fighting for the guys behind you. Who who are you to tell Tony Pollard no? You can't take that, and that's why mm-hmm. lockouts are just so unsuccessful, especially in the NFL, where you have that wage that big that huge wage gap. Where in the NFL, it is becoming. It's either you're getting paid well, or you're you know on your first contract and you're you know making that rookie that rookie wage, that's that's essentially a minimum. Yeah. It's not like the NBA where the NBA it's it, the middle class is disappearing a little bit, but they still have a middle class in the NBA. Yeah, I feel like football just doesn't have that at all.
0: So I was looking around and I saw one of the things one of the themes that I wanted to hit on the show mm-hmm. is the reason why we actually played that Otani clip earlier, right? Because there was some nonsense being said about Shohei Otani. Yes, um, but my whole point was like talking about like media today, right? sports media. Do you like this kind of sports media? Because we won't play it, but there was a ridiculous okay. take out there about Shohei Otani. Um, but writers are not immune to this. And so I found something that I thought was interesting. Uh, this is from CBS Sports. So it's uh, essentially playing running back matchmaker. You know, what's the future of some of these running backs? What are we going to do here? The premise for Josh Jacobs. We doubt the Raiders would prefer to trade their franchise player inside the division. So... How about rescinding the franchise tag if it knows that Jacobs is committed to a bigger deal and allowing the Raiders' uh, Patriots' regime to save an instant $10 million and he can go and sign with the Denver Broncos?
2: Who? who? <laughs> did, you, did you say the name of that site?
0: Uh, that was CBS Sports.
2: Okay. Shout out to that. Shout out to the author of that article. Right.
0: You know. Getting paid. I don't think they're going to. I think they. There's a reason why he has the franchise tender. Like they, they he is a valuable player. They want him. I and then there's going to be a universe in which they rescind and just go. Go
2: ahead. See you I, later. And I know Derek Carr was a different situation, but I don't see them letting Josh Jacobs walk out the door for nothing. Right. Just oh, we change, not nothing. We can keep you. Derek Carr was a situation. Hey, you're not going to get anything back for him. But yes, we think we can upgrade at the quarterback
0: position. It also fails to like read the room. Essentially, yes, which is. Dalvin Cook is sitting there searching for money right now. Why would Josh Jacobs entering the fray just all of a sudden be like, yep, exactly what I want, three years, and what did he say? $39 million. Yep, it's sitting out there waiting for me. I don't, that's, I don't that, think that's that comical. Be, I don't think that's comical. That,
2: really yeah, that, that, that's also something that John McClain said when we had him on. Yep. That money just isn't out there. That's why this is the worst time of year to get cut. Teams that have signed all of their draft picks, they already got their free agents on the roster. Mm hmm. The veterans that are waiting around right now, those are probably the guys who don't feel like they need training camp in the first place.
0: I mean, you mentioned with DeAndre Hopkins, right? Yes. Hopkins Does didn't really practice. like practicing because he's got a lot of nicks and cuts and bruises from a long NFL career. And, hey, man, I'll show up on Sundays, but these are the kind of things. And, look, these they, I, I am willing to bet that we'll probably come to some sort of resolution. i It would be cool. I mean, this is coming from me who has no stake in the fight. It would be cool to see Josh Jacobs fight the fight and actually win it at some point. But it seems very unlikely, and I'm sure this will kind of work itself out. But this is – and we haven't even hit, by the way. I like looking at the different spots of leverage for all these guys. So, dalvin Cook didn't really have any because Alexander Madison has been a productive back when he's gone down. Vikings are willing to move on there. Josh Jacobs has some because I think the backfield depth isn't really great. We talked about the yards after contact, all that kind of stuff. He's been brilliant. Maximizing that running game, he's got some leverage. We haven't spoken really about Jonathan Taylor, a guy that I've brought up a couple of times in the last year of his rookie deal coming up this year, coming off of a down year because of injury, but he's got some interesting leverage because the argument you make is our offense is maximized next to a young quarterback like Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. if I'm back there. Because now you got two threats, and our offense is going to be great. And that scheme's going to be great if I'm there. So you need to sign me to an extension. It's it's I think it's a fascinating conversation looking at where these guys are all coming from from a negotiating standpoint and how they're going to fight those battles with the team that they're you know the teams that they're negotiating with. I think Saquon
2: Barkley. I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is in that same boat as Anthony Richardson, but it's yeah I, he got him paid forty million dollars, but it's he, off of not saying his back, but it's Saquon Barkley was the engine that made that Giants offense go. It wasn't Daniel Jones. So I know it's like fair's fair, like, oh, that's not how professional sports work. But I think Saquon Barkley should be like, you're going to pay him over me?
0: Well, to your point, top two rushers for the New York Giants last year, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. Like that's, yes. that's right? Like we're talking about maximizing the guys that you're with. Mm-hmm. Like it, Saquon Barkley can very much make the argument, like, I'm going to maximize what our offense is because I'm a legitimate threat as a runner, but so is Daniel Jones, and if you don't have me, well, nobody's nobody's not respecting as, him in the yeah, run game as nobody's, much. going It's not gonna be as effective. Yeah, it's a fast. It's look, man. It's a fascinating conversation. And as somebody who enjoys the sport and enjoys these guys, I hope they get everything they want, absolutely what they want. And especially when it comes to the Raiders and Josh Jacobs, who is coming off of a brilliant year. Six nine one eight seven r is the co-word if you want to get involved. 702-365-9200. I want to get Demond's thoughts on a wild weekend in Las Vegas, where he was at and what he thought about. You shot some good video, man. Oh, you're, thank you. are a you, media you. member. You're a professional media yeah. member, and it looked wild down on the strip.
1: Well, to the coaching staff, to the players, uh, I think as a whole, we thank you guys for being the best fans in the world. Um, doesn't get any better than this, man. Uh, on Tuesday night when we were rolling, I uh, think it brought tears to the guys' eyes and on the bench. We knew we were going to win no matter what it took.
2: Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac
0: Performance Studio. Our boy Q. Yeah, he's on vacation. I'm John Von Tobel filling in for Q Myers. Who is that? Either way, they sounded kind of sauced. <laughs> that was the Captain Mark Stone. Okay, that was Stone? Stony? What a night. What a night Saturday. So I got to say, so I had plans on Saturday to go to the parade. But I'm a busy guy. Mm-hmm. Don't get off work and everything till about 6. Everything was already closed. I was like, oh, man, I can't. There's no way I can make it at this point right now. You were there. Oh, yeah. First off, what time did you get there? Um, I parked, me and a buddy. We
2: got to Mandalay Bay around 5.30. Oh, so you got there kind of late, huh? Yeah, yeah, 5.30-ish. Yeah, got to Mandalay Bay, but that's the benefit. There still was parking at Mandalay. Interesting. So there, you know, it was still it was looking a little sparse, you know, around Mandalay Bay. Yeah. But, you know, that's the sacrifice of making that walk. It's not that long of a walk. Right. But, yeah, so we made that walk from Mandalay Bay. And then uh, Adam Hill, we told the story on Co-Film Company yesterday. I didn't apply for an official media credential. Yeah, you went as a,
0: a fan, as I, a citizen.
2: I, I went as a, yeah, man of the people. I'm, I'm one. But then I see some of the media people and it's like, hey, Damon, come up here. I'm like, yeah, I'll come up here. And I get up there, you know, like I've got the oh. gift of gab, no credential. But then someone says, hey, can we see your credential? And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, no problem. I'll let me just get off stage real quick. And then I get back up on the stage. So I'm there. Like all of my pictures and videos, they look great because I'm on that media stage, you yeah. know, enjoying myself. There was even a fight that happened right in front, Good. right in front of the media stage. You know, I tried to get the tail end of it. But, you know, and then I love this part. Metro did a great job. Great job by Metro. You know oh, they don't mess around. Yeah, they, they do not mess around. But apparently, the guy who didn't start it, the guy who finished it, you know, because he 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 was the winner. You know, if you're gonna you you know give the ten the ten nine points scoring system to that fight, you know, the guy who wins, they said let him stay, let him <laughs> stay. And I was thinking, is Metro just gonna you know like the emperor and gladiator, yeah. thumbs up or thumbs down if if they can get the let him stay chance going loud enough? They didn't let him stay. No, no, you know. What was a fight over, do you know? No, not a clue. Yeah. Two older guys, too. You know, uh, really? two guys that's definitely, why are you out here fighting?
0: Right. Like, <laughs> you should be a little bit more mature. <laughs> yeah. I think we uh, we told the story the other day, too. You were there for it, where Steve Cofield and I went down the night they won the Cup. Yes. And Steve almost got into a fight with somebody because Steve told the guy that he didn't have to pick up garbage, that there was workers that were doing that. And mm-hmm. the guy was like, I care for my effing city. Yes. You and- mother effer. <laughs>
2: And since I wasn't there as an official media member of media, I go up to some guys. I mean, it was basically game day prices on drinks. You know, inside the yeah, Toshiba Plaza. It was it was game day
0: prices, buddy. And well, how were the lines?
2: Oh, the line the lines were pretty long. because yeah. at one point, I, you know, the, they have you know the this buds for you like the trailers out there, and mm-hmm. you know all, all those set up. Jameson trailers one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah. So and then I I stood and I I talked to a guy. He's probably like third or fourth in line. And I was like oh, you know, where's the, like, where's the line start, you know? And he's like, oh, man, it wraps around. And I said, no, thank you. Yeah. I go see a gentleman. They have a bucket. And they have maybe about three drinks left in the bucket. And I'm like, hey, I'll give you $10 for one right now. He says, mm-hmm. no, then I'd be down a beer. And it's like, buddy, he's like, we brought the bucket from outside of Toshiba, maybe whatever mm-hmm. hotel casino they were staying at. I understand that people value their drinks, you know, but that bad business. There you go. Because yeah. let's say if you paid twenty dollars for that bucket, I'm offering you I'm offering you half of that right now for one for one. Yeah, that's Wouldn't the that's it. the
0: problem. You got to pregame a little bit for events like that.
2: Yeah, and then I couldn't wait to go to Shake Shack after. Yeah, that that was the it was a beeline for Shake Shack. Did you get in first? No, it was it was a little bit of a line, but yeah. you know it wasn't that big of a line where people their Shake Shack was packed. But, no, the parade, it was great. I'm talking everything besides the parade. But, no, it was so good, you so, know.
0: Let me ask you. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Did you go – were you part of the route or did you just hang out by the stage oh, and I watch sh- everybody gather? Yeah, I went straight to Toshiba. That's what, so I didn't end up going, but that was my plan mm-hmm. was, look, parade be damned. It's probably great, and I saw a lot of the footage, and a lot of people were there. But I wanted them at the end of the line because by that time, as we saw William Carlson, they are snockered up, yep. ready to go. Talking. Let's go. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's what I wanted that's to be you, a part of. So yeah. I saw some of it on TV. I very much regretted it. But also, let's just put it this way, even though I didn't get to go, I was talking like William Carlson that night too. So it's probably good <laughs> I didn't get. <go.
2: laughs> but then they, they 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 had to block off Toshiba at one point. Yeah. I want to say I talked to one of the Metro officers, like, Hey man, how's it going? He said that the capacity was at twenty thousand. You know, so I was like, wow, 20,000 people pl- packed into the plaza like this. And it was a little bit of, if you were someone who's like, yeah, I get a little constr- claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like music festivals because of that reason, because I want to be up close. I'm a short guy. I want to be up close to that's the good, stage. Good
0: point. That's a good point. I, <laughs> I want to be
2: that. up close to the stage. And it's like, no, but you get packed in there too much. So for the parade, it was worth it. But the, I understand where people are like, yeah, that's not my scene. I would rather just watch it at home. I agree
0: 100%. Yeah, I forgot about that. I'm not. I'm not the tallest guy in the world, but I'm like six foot. When I first wake up and my spine's not decompressed, I'm <laughs> six one. So in in settings like that, I've generally got a pretty good view no matter where I'm standing, unless like a six foot four guy is standing yeah. in front of me, um, which are very rare. That, shout out to my dad. He's 6'4". I did not get the extra three inches. That's no, awesome.
2: don't worry. But those two athletes you're going to be raising, oh.
0: you know, it's going to skip the generation. That's De- all. Demon is De- 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 referring to my two children that are going to be – Steve likes to say one of them is going to be like a squatty, like 5'11", like 300-pound defensive tackle. Might be the youngest one. He's a little chunky. Mm-hmm. Oldest one's a little bean sprout. He's growing tall. But, I look, I wanted to be a part of it. The festivities on Tuesday were awesome, getting out there. You a big jello shot guy? Not really, I don't
2: know why you mentioned that. I was thinking because it's in the rundown for everybody to take you behind the scenes, but I was walking through like uh like the hotel and casinos, and I did see a it was um like three for fifteen on
0: jello shots, yep. and I was thinking, I don't want jello shots that bad. I've never had one before. because <laughs> like also You've never had a jello shot no, but because it, it's never it's first off, they're not like popular like I've never been in a lot of places that offer jello shots Can here's this is gonna sound like a really dumb question, okay. Can you get drunk off Jello shots? Yes. Like if you're just taking Jello shots, like you'll you'll get there, huh? Yeah. I. You say this like you've got experience. Oh, oh. Come buddy. Come on. You went to UNLV, didn't you? I mean, that's a good point. Come and on. I, so I brought this up too because one, we're talking about the parade and the party atmosphere there. Two, the College World Series is actually going to get restarted again here in about ten minutes or so. LSU and Tennessee are going to go at it in the Men's College World Series. Um, but one of the SEC teams, uh, Ole Miss. They reigned as College World Series Jello Shot Challenge record holders just one year, because LSU fans went in there, as they're about to play right now, and absolutely destroyed it. How about this: twenty one thousand four hundred and thirty five Jello shots purchased by LSU to fans as of Monday afternoon.
2: Congrats to whoever's selling those Jello shots. How much do those cost? Like I said, me. But this maybe this is the Vegas yeah. markup. How much was three it? for fifteen?
0: Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Wow, for jello shot? I mean, I guess. You've I'm never recommending- had, one no. had one. What do you know? <laughs> that's a good point. I guess it's chaser and shot at the same time. Yeah, it leaves a little like mm, you you can taste it there as you know.
2: This isn't just regular jello. All
0: right, I'll take some jello shots on vacation. I'll have to find a spot. There you go. So I'm going on vacation for those who do not know, none of you do. I'm going on vacation at the end of the week. I actually I thought this was a good question. Do you think that I, because we have a lot of Raiders fans, obviously, who listen to this thing. Oh, yeah, a lot of people out of market (laughs) listen. Right? Out of market in the Bay Area. So we're, look, we're asking a lot of good football questions, right? We want to know today hey, what does Josh McDaniels have to do to improve his standing in terms of narrative as a head coach? What is a best case and worst case scenario for the Raiders? You can answer those questions at 69187 rnr is the code word. You can call in 702 365 9200. But wife and I are going out to the Bay Area. I wouldn't say no to some recommendations out there in the Bay Area. Some of your favorite spots, watering holes, places where I can grab jello shots, grab a bite to eat, you know? Going to San Francisco, Oakland area, let's do it. Give me some recommendations. Why not? I'm going to crowdsource this thing. You think I'll get any recommendations?
2: Oh, yeah. Our listeners are great for that. They're ah, yeah. yes. Right. The text line's going to be lit up with JVT, you got to go here. This is my favorite place in the world.